And the overall winner of the 2022 Guild Pharmacy of the Year is Coolum Court Pharmacy. <laughs> Come on down. Western Creek is a locality in Canberra made up of five suburbs and about 25,000 residents within our catchment. In the last 12 months, our pharmacy has had some changes and look, largely it's been COVID and that's true for most pharmacies. But funnily enough, it hasn't been a, a negative impact by COVID. It's been quite a positive one. It's changed the way we practice and I think that's really wonderful. We actually boarded up the front of the shop and it meant that our staff had to deal one-on-one -on -one with every patient that presented to the pharmacy without them coming into the store. Coolmacott Pharmacy is a high service pharmacy. We don't discount on price, we don't discount on service and our patients appreciate that. When you come into the pharmacy, you know you're gonna get good service and you also know you're gonna get the follow-up service. We provide a range of services here at the pharmacy and that might include anything from our Centre of Excellence in Incontinence Care, Men's Urological Health Care, we're really passionate about opioid substitution and cardiovascular health. The best bit of feedback that I've had from a patient was actually last Friday and it really brought a tear to my eye and I can't believe that it's happened. And this little baby was born to a father who was involved in a workplace accident, had a, a full pelvis crush and lost all erectile function. Because of the work we're able to do with them, they're able to conceive this wonderful child and that's a life-changing thing. This is their first child, might be their last child, but they're able to conceive naturally, which is something so many take for granted and it warmed my heart and made my day, week, month and year. Our pharmacists are really passionate about taking health to the patients, health by stealth. So we do a lot of presentations to different groups. So Men's Shed as an example, prostate support group, and it allows our pharmacists to go out, talk about health, and they feel comfortable knowing that we're experts in the field and they will ask the questions and get what they need. To be named Community Pharmacy of the Year, there's no award or reward like it for the hard work that's been put in over a good number of years. It would mean the world to us. What an honour it is to be standing here with you all. We would like to thank a few people first. Um, the Care Pharmaceutical sponsors, thank you for putting on this amazing event. And our team. Our team would have to be the number one thing that we're so proud of. Um, so thank you, obviously the team that's here, but also the team that's made it possible for us all to be here and is still working at home, um, keeping the pharmacy and our patients, I guess, going. We'd also like to thank the people who've made this possible for us and this journey, which was Louise and Mel. They've been really helpful and useful throughout this entire process. So thank you, it takes a lot of work. I guess our partners in the business, um, obviously there's Brad and myself and a few others. So without their support, we wouldn't be here today either. And then I'll hand over to Brad. Just a quick thanks to the Guild crew as well. So thank you so much. And you know, I think we're very fortunate in our industry to have so many wonderful past presidents and Trent at the moment at the helm doing a great job to pull a theme or a thread from Trent's speech. Just the, the concept of delivering professional services is something that pharmacists have done for a long time and it's really great to hear Trent speaking so passionately about what we can do more of and um, I, don't, I don't accredit all of, all of the win today to what we do in terms of delivery of professional services but it is something we pride ourselves on and I think I heard Greg Hunt speak here a few years ago now and he said pharmacists you guys need to think about what professional services you can deliver and find revenue income um, or revenue and income from outside of the traditional PBS means. And I think we're finally getting to that point with vaccination and those sorts of things. And, um, you know, that's wonderful. So, so that was point number one. Point number two was just around inclusivity. Dan, good on you, mate. It's, it's so good to have you with us. Dan, um, Dan had, a, had Tim out of bed this morning. We're rooming together. He had Tim up at 5.30. I beat Dan up. But... Um, 
mate, I'm sure you'll have me up one of these days. Dan's um, obviously got Down syndrome and he's been working with us for a few years now. He does two shifts a week and, um, and brings so much joy to not only our team, but our patients. And um, noting that it's National Down Syndrome Week this week, it couldn't have happened at a better time. So to Down Syndrome Association and to any pharmacists out there in the audience that are listening, have a, have a think about how you can possibly incorporate somebody like Dan into your team because it, it is so wonderful and I can't speak highly enough. Hi, I'm Brad Butt. And I'm Brooke Veazey from Coolum and Court Pharmacy. And you're listening to the Pharmacy Business and Career Network podcast. Welcome to the Pharmacy Business and Career Network podcast, brought to you by the Pharmacy Guild of Australia. Focusing on pharmacy management and ownership, the PBCN podcast supports the improvement and growth of your business performance with insights and advice from a range of industry professionals. The PBCN podcast, supporting your journey every step of the way. The audio that you heard at the start of the show was from APP, where the Guild Pharmacy of the Year was announced. As you heard, the winner was Coolman Court Pharmacy in the ACT, who also won the Excellence in Professional Innovation category. The team at Coolman Court Pharmacy are confident that they have found the essence of community pharmacy. It's been a challenging road, which has seen the pharmacy redefine itself. The vision, it was to create a health destination, and this was achieved as the pharmacy introduced new or refined and updated existing professional services, and the pharmacy now boasts services, including a heart health rehabilitation program, doubling the number of ORT patients on its program, the launch of men's health services, a trial of Farmybridge mental health services, a centre of excellence in continence care, specialised wound care services, sleep apnea services, and an expansion of vaccination and injection services. It is a great win for the team at Coolum and Court Pharmacy. And in this episode, we hear from the managing partners, Brad Butt and Brooke Veazey, about the transformation of their pharmacy and the collaboration and innovation to gain an insight and share their journey with you. We hear from Brad first. Hi, Brad, and thanks for joining us today. Firstly, of course, a huge congratulations to you and the team at Coolman Court Pharmacy on being announced the 2022 Guild Pharmacy of the Year. You've only been back in town for three or four days. How was the news received so far in your local community of Western Creek here in Canberra? Yeah, how good is that? We were, we were absolutely stoked with, with the not only the award, but just the nomination. To get that far was wonderful. And look, the... The local community are uh, they're tickled pink, and I, I mean this is much an award for them as it is for us. And uh, they're an extremely proud community here in Western Creek in the ACT, comprised of five suburbs and about twenty five thousand people. And uh, the the response has been overwhelming. I'm sitting here in the office at the moment, and there's a, a beautiful gift hamper. Well, there's been two beautiful gift hampers full of delicious goodies that the patients have brought in. So we're um we're we're really excited, and and they are too. And of course, I think you make a good point. Community pharmacy isn't just about the focal point of the pharmacy. It is about that wider community. And I think you make a good point that the award is just as much about them and, and how they are the patients in the process and how they contribute to it. So I think you make a good point. It, it's clear that you have a really close, passionate 
and committed team at Coolum and Court. And it was wonderful to see so many of you at APP and how you dragged all of them up on stage and they all had massive smiles on their face. Can you tell us a little bit about the team and, and how you go about fostering what everybody has come to realise is such a great team environment, which is particularly around collaboration and innovation? Yeah, yeah, of course. And look, from a very early stage in my career, we, we used to talk about the bus and getting the right people on the bus. And and I think it's really true. You know, you, you want the right people on the bus. And if you've got people that aren't committed, that aren't of the same mindset, that aren't of the same drive, the same passion, um, the same patient focus, the same care, then those people shouldn't be on the bus. And I think sometimes it, it can be really easy to fall into this trap of, putting up with the devil you know because you know you're better with the devil you know rather than the one you don't but um my advice and my, my suggestion would be if you don't think you've got the right people on the bus either try and turn them into the right person and keep get them on the bus and keep them on the bus or go looking for the right people and then that really i think is, has been the key to our success and i would also say and you know it can be really hard when you're down and out but uh, you know success breeds success to an extent and i think you know, you want to become that employer of choice. Um, and, you know, getting an award like uh, Pharmacy of the Year from the Guild is, um, helps, I suppose. And I, I feel a bit guilty in that respect because all of a sudden, you know, you're more likely to pick up that good intern, you're more likely to pick up that good pharmacist because they want to go to the place where where the success is and where the team is strong. But um, you've got to start somewhere. So getting the right people on the bus is critical. Unfortunately, we've got 50-odd 50 50 people on the books here and, we would typically have about 15 FTEs, including six pharmacists on and a couple of nurses at, at any one point in time. So, you know, I think you've got to staff your business to suit suit the needs of it. And uh, and obviously, the, the more professional staff you've got on, the easier everybody's job is and it, it becomes less less of a chore trying to get all those vaccinations done because everybody's working together and you don't feel like you have to do it alone. And that certainly is, is, has been a, another... Uh, point of difference and, and one way that we've been able to differentiate ourselves into a service provider um, where everybody's happy doing it and there's, there's less uh, pharmacist and nurse fatigue. Although I think if you ask my team, they'd say they're pretty fatigued right now. Well, I do love how you brought that analogy up again about being on the bus because we hear other people talk about it as well and, and, and it does sound kind of like we're getting kids on a bus and we're, we're going somewhere but I think it is important to to make that a focal point because, as you rightly said, if you've got the right people on the bus and it's heading in the right direction and it's got a good driver in the business owners and the managers, all of a sudden the bus looks nice and shiny and attractive and, as you rightly pointed out, other people want to be on that great bus. So, Brad, as well as the overall award, you also won the category award for excellence in professional innovation. Tell us about your submission. What was it based on in regards to professional innovation and, and why do you think it sets you apart in that area? Here at Coolman Court, we've we've been working in the in the innovation and professional services space for I've been here for eleven years, so I've been doing it really in earnest for probably ten years. And I've got to say the the move the move for pharmacy of the year where it went from self nomination or industry nomination to patient nomination was a really wonderful thing. And I've said it to others and I'll say it to you as well. We, I'd never thought about entering Pharmacy of the Year because it seems like, you, it seems like you're tooting your own horn. And I think pharmacists are pretty, um, they're pretty private people and, and they're not typically the sort of people that say, how good am I? Look at what we're doing. And I guess I kind of fell into that 
trap of saying, no, I'm not going to, I'm not nominating. I, I, no, we're not ready. I, I, I don't want to be doing it. It's it's something I haven't got the time or the energy to do. And besides which, it looks like I'm just big noting myself. But for it to be nominated by patients was really special. And, and once you're nominated by a patient, it's very hard to say no. So we've, um, so having, having worked in this sort of innovative space for 10 years, you know, we've been able to incubate a, 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 an amazing number of programs and Men's Health probably headlines the act, I suppose, with what we do in that men's urological health space with regard to prostate cancer and erectile dysfunction and all other number of things pertaining to the male anatomy. Um, but then we've had a number of other successes with um, cardiovascular health programs, looking after patients after they've had a cardiovascular event because um, we know that once they have a, a CVA, they're more likely to to have another one if they don't get good support after, even despite having had um, cardiovascular rehab provided by the hospital. It just doesn't seem to be enough. Uh, women's health, we look after a number of gynaecologists and support their patients who are getting IUDs um, because we know that if you pick up an IUD from the chemist, typically they're going to say it's big and it's embarrassing and it's expensive, but there you go, it's 43 bucks. Um, the, the doctor will look after it for you. And we know we, we as pharmacists can help these ladies a lot more with their intrauterine devices. So, you know, educating them about what feels normal, what to do if it doesn't, who to talk to, where to go, what it means contraceptively, what it means with respect to your cycle. Um, you know, the opioid replacement program we run grown from strength to strength off the back of a few people who have been passionate about it. Um, you know, there's a we run a continence program over and above the men's health stuff, which, you know, the there's a massive gap in terms of looking after patients in continence um, because we know that they're going to go to Woolies or Aldi's or one of those places and get whatever's on special, but it might not be the best pattern. Second to that, their, their skin can be breaking down and have fungal infections. And, you know, there's so much that pharmacists can do. And as I say, the, the scope of these professional practice options are, 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 are literally endless. Um, but I think the trick, mate, is it's got to pay its way. So there needs to be some sort of fee payable and you need to be confident enough to be the, the, be the provider of choice and therefore charge it because without that, you can't employ the staff, you can't educate the staff, you can't go to the conferences and, and you know, it's got to be self-fulfilling. I wanted to come back to that, what I think is an interesting point about how pharmacists are private people and, and they're humble people and you get into the profession not for your own gains. It's not driven by money necessarily. It's about helping the community. You spoke about men's health there and I just wanted to share with the listeners that hopefully that helps them nominate and toot their own horn a little bit because it isn't about tooting your own horn. You spoke about your men's health program that you have there. You're in Canberra. I'm in Canberra. I'm involved with Men's Link, which is a local men's charity for the listeners that a lot of the time does a lot of work in schools, but pairs mentors up with young guys at risk and, and from backgrounds that where they don't have a positive male role model. And when I first became part of the organization, the CEO said to me, why would somebody like you want to do this? You're busy. You have your own kids all those sorts of things. How are you going to fit this in? Why are you doing it? And and I said to them, I don't want this to be about me. I'm not going to tell anyone that I'm doing this. I'm just going to go and do my mentoring and it's going to be about the mentor. And the CEO said, can you do the opposite? And I said, what, what do you mean? He said, the more you share your story about what you're doing, the more it attracts other people and the, and the more impact it has on the community. So I just wanted to make that point for the pharmacist that 
the work that you do is clearly impacting the community, but don't be afraid to toot your own horn because you might just inspire another pharmacist to take the same path, right? And, and this is what it's all about, right? It's about increasing the standard of practice of all pharmacists across Australia. And if it's, it might be employing somebody with a disability, it might be delivering an amazing professional service. But the more we tell people what we do, it, it does improve the general standard. And I think in Australia, that's what we need to do. We need to, we need to, you know, share and collaborate, um, and pharmacists aren't renowned for that. And it's funny, you talk about um, the way you do things. Sometimes you feel like you're going against the flow. And, you know, for all those years you've been told, go with the flow, sometimes you've got to spin your, your bus around or the, the boat around and paddle upstream, and it's hard work. But that's where, the, that's where the good stuff is when you start going against the flow sometimes. Not sure we should be mixing the analogies, Brad, about the bus going up the stream, but I think I get your point. <laughs> you have obviously identified gaps in the health services provided in the Canberra region and you've been able to fill them and you touched on those earlier. How do you first identify what the community needed and what brought it to your attention? Uh, not surprisingly, Daniel, it's by listening and... Um... You know, you get pharmacists that are good listeners and pharmacists that aren't good listeners. But um, look, the, jokes aside, it is, it's by listening and your patients are going to tell you what they want. And it might, you know, I think often when we're busy, we're quick to say, oh, no, no, we don't keep that. We don't do that. You know, I get that all the time. Oh, where's your makeup? Oh, no, I don't keep that anymore. I, I, keep, I don't keep it because I'm not interested. And I think that's fair and reasonable. But, um, you know, all this men's health stuff, and like I say, that sort of is our headline act. The men's health stuff came about because a patient came in and he said he wanted to get a vacuum erection device. And I told him to get Nick. I said, stop joking. And, um, and that's where it all started. And I think sometimes you don't, have to, you don't have to go looking for it because your patients are already asking you about it. You know, I might be asking you to dress their wounds or have a look at this, um, have a look at this condition on their scalp. Or, you know, it's stuff they're going to be bringing to you. Or it might be methadone patients, you know. Your opioid replacement patients, you're seeing them every day, but you're just transacting with them. You're not doing anything to improve their health. So you don't necessarily have to go looking. The stuff will often just present itself and it's just about saying, hey, that's not the first time I've heard that. I reckon that there's something in this. And I know companies like Zara, the clothing shop, they will actually, they, they're more interested in where you didn't have success so that they can say, if we get enough people that are, are looking for this product, this solution, then we need to actually look at what the solution is and, and start providing that because that's that's how we get ahead. As a marketer, keeping the customer in the centre and delivering services and products in response to their needs, wants and problems, and we do that by listening. So when you talk about that, it really does warm my heart as a marketer because that's 100% what it's about. And I use marketing and, and target markets, but for pharmacists, it's about your community. And so listening to them will obviously provide lots of opportunities, but you can't pursue all of the opportunities just because you've got a few people asking about it. What's your advice for those listening that might be thinking about implementing some new health services into their pharmacy offering, but they're really not sure about whether they should do it or not? A couple of points. One, you've got to be passionate about it. There would be no point in me doing men's health if I wasn't passionate about it. So no brainer. So if you're not passionate, it's probably not the thing to be doing. Secondly, it has to pay its way. You're not going to retire on this stuff. Maybe you will. And look, I mean, to use men's health as an example, it is it is absolutely a standalone initiative that that does not that does not require any support. It's self-funding and more, and you know it can stand alone quite happily. But my point is, if if you're going to be doing it, it it needs to pay its way. So you need to factor in 
what's it cost to deliver it in terms of the pharmacist's time, your pharmacy assistant's time, how are you going to train the staff, how are you going to pay for that, what are the products you've got to keep on the shelf, because that, that, there's a cost to the business to do that in terms of tying up your cash flow. Um, you know, these penis pumps, they're three, four, five hundred bucks or more. Some of the devices we keep for Peronis where the penis is spent, they're like $1,500. So, you know, 10 of them on the shelf is going to cost you some serious cash flow. So you've got to factor all that in. And I think just to, to, to jump in um, without your goggles on is not wise. So you want to actually plan it, give it some thought, talk to the team, make sure they're all on board, use them as a sounding board. They might, they might bring the idea to you. But, but there needs to be a process you work through in terms of costing the service, coming up with a, a fee for the service, um, and, and then the implementation and rollout. So it's, uh, it's not just as simple as waking up one morning with a good idea and, and cracking on. It, it requires discussion, forethought, and um, an investment of your time initially. And you may not get a payback. You know, I, I keep talking about this re return on investment. You may not get a payback in the first 12 months, but you, you, and you may have to be persistent and market it for a period of more than that to get the payback. But if you've got a good idea, it will come. And equally, if it if it looks like it's not going any going anywhere, then pull up stumps on it and, and look somewhere else. It's great advice, Brad. I love it. So thank you so much for coming on the show. I know the past week or so has been super busy with all the talking that you've had to do around your business, not just what APP is like normally with being busy, but as I said, with all the commitments that come with winning an award with such prestige, then you have to actually get back to the pharmacy and into the swing of things again. So I do really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Been an absolute pleasure, mate. And it's been an absolute shock to the system to come back to work. Vaccinations are um, are flowing, are flowing a plenty. So um, uh, yeah, really appreciate your time, Daniel. And uh, if anybody listening wants any wants to have a yarn um, or has or has interest in what we're up to, don't hesitate to reach out. We're we're very happy to collaborate and share. Um, so here for that too. And of course, we welcome Brooke. Hi, Brooke. Welcome also to the show and congratulations on the win. You recently became uh, a co-managing partner of the pharmacy. What's that journey been like for you? Look, it's been pretty awesome, to be honest. Um, as an early career pharmacist, I guess being given the opportunity to join the team and obviously be a co-noter with Brad. It's been quite an experience and I've enjoyed every part of it. Don't get me wrong, dipping toes in the water initially was a little bit scary and overwhelming, but having the support of Brad alongside really helped the journey be a lot more manageable for me. What's it actually like? You, you've recently made the move to being a co-manager. How do you describe it to people? What's it like to actually bring it to life and co-manage the pharmacy and the team there? Co-management, fantastic. Again, being an early career pharmacist and stepping into a role, you know, such as Coolum and Court Pharmacy, it's got a big name in the community and also a big team. And I think to be stepping into it, not having a, an owner to bounce off alongside with you would have been quite challenging. And as I said before, Brad's been very supportive in this whole process and I don't think I could have done it without him. But then, you know, you put the big girl pants on and you're here and you've got the community ready and very accepting, taking everything that you say on board and also just being able to speak to the team. They know that you're young and that you're a new owner and they're very happy to give you feedback where it's due, which is quite nice. I just, I absolutely love it. And for anybody out there that's thinking about being an owner, don't think that you have to be in it by yourself. There's always teams that will take you on board and support you along the journey. And that's what this journey has been for me. It's been really good.
Absolutely sounds amazing. Now, we spoke to Brad earlier in the show about some of the services that the Coolerman Court Pharmacy provide to your patients. One service is the cardiac rehab program, which you yourself developed and implemented. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? So when I was an intern, again, working alongside Brad, he asked if I wanted to do the ambassador program with the Heart Foundation. And I had no idea what it was about, but I said, sure, I'm you know happy to take it on board and went along. And I guess there was four different sessions throughout the year. And it really highlighted that there were some gaps out there for patients who have had a cardiac event. So I came to Brad with this idea that saying, you know, it's it's our job to make sure we obviously have the medications right for the patient, but also to try and help all the you know other health professionals, such as the cardiologists, the cardiac rehab nurses and the GPs, make sure everybody's communicating with each other because we all know, we see it day to day, you know, a patient has a cardiac event and their medications are changed quite frequently. And given that the patient has had a cardiac event, it can be quite overwhelming for them to try and manage themselves. So we created this program. It's a 12-week program. And if we identify a patient that's come in post-cardiac event, usually it can be a family member that's presenting with all these hospital scripts. We try and we try and get the patient to come in. We know that they can be quite tired and, again, quite overwhelmed with it all. But it's a one-on-one chat with a pharmacist. It takes about 45 minutes. They sit down and we go through all their medications, just ensuring that they understand what each of the medications are. And we also talk to them about the possibility that they can have with their GP to create a GP management plan. And that's really highlighting to them that they can see dietitians and diabetes educators if they are a diabetic, exercise physiologists to help them get back into exercising. This is obviously post cardiac rehab, of course, and just highlighting that there are other opportunities available for them so that these are subsidised as well. So we, we do this plan and then we obviously loop in their GP and say, hey, doc, you know, we've caught up with patient X and this is what is happening. And to be honest, we haven't really had any negative feedback from it. The GPs have actually taken it on board. We also do the standard blood pressure check, which everybody can do, and a cholesterol check. And we're also checking in at that four-week and eight-week mark where they've been through cardiac rehab um, and just seeing how they're going. If they're needing any help or support, we can always reach out to the nurses at the cardiac rehab just to let them know. And it's just trying to make sure that they stay in and if they haven't already been referred to, that they do go to cardiac rehab. Um, the statistics out there are quite scary in showing how many patients are readmitted to hospital. And most of the time it can be something just such as a medication mismanagement. You know, their doses are changed so frequently that sometimes they just think, oh, well, this is this is okay, this will do, and they'll just keep taking what they were started on rather than increasing as they've been told. Starting that program um, in 2018 and it's been really good and um, patients have definitely seen the benefits from it. Well, clearly you are passionate about providing quality services that actually address the needs of your local community. But the pharmacy and the team, you are also actually really invested in the lives of your patients. You are, yes, a pharmacy in the community. You're a community pharmacy, but it feels like your pharmacy is much more part of the community rather than being in the community. Are there any examples you can share with us around the ways in which you engage with the community? We always try and have a look at what's happening around the community and if there is anywhere we can help. I know more recently we were um, approached by Lids for Kids, which is an organisation they're trying to get back up and running. Due to COVID, obviously, they had some real issues with recycling of the Lids 
that they were trying to get. And what they do with those, what they do with the lids is they actually make uh, prosthetics from recycling these lids. So, you know, just, just somebody knowing that we always are actively trying to engage in the community. They've got nowhere to be able to collect those lids. So we've um, sponsored them to try and get some of the lids that they already have recycled because they've got to take them to Melbourne to be able to do that. And also now looking at trying to be able to create a space where people can actually come from the community and drop these lids off because we know that there's definitely a need for it here in Western Creek. Um, So that's something that we're trying to do. And I guess the other thing is if you look back over the last couple of years and my involvement with all the cardiac rehab and the Heart Foundation, we've got a local walking group. And I went along one day, um, lovely bunch of ladies, definitely trying to get the blokes, but they find it a little bit hard, find it a bit clicky. But they were just saying that, you know, they wanted a, a place, a central place in the community where people could just come and find out more information. So we've obviously worked alongside them now and have got it to the point where our numbers are on the backs of the these shirts that we've purchased for them. They, they call themselves the Coolum and Court Walkers. And we, the only sponsorship we've got on the actual shirt itself is just a little logo. But the reason we put our logo on there was not to obviously show the community what we're doing, but to make patients realise that when they call the, the number for some more information, they know that it's going to be the pharmacy that answers. And then we refer them on um, to the manager of the group. So her name's Margaret and she keeps track. And of course, once they get a new a new walker along, they go, right, we've got 10 walks and then you get this free shirt. And you know, it's a lovely shirt. It's from the Heart Foundation and they they almost feel like they're included in this walk and it also gives them something to strive to. You know, as I said, I've been along to a couple of them and to be honest, it's just a really nice catch-up for these these ladies and hopefully soon-to-be gentlemen. It's just a, they just have a yarn, they have a cup, a cup of coffee afterwards and just catch up and just make sure everybody's doing okay. And, you know, everybody's at different points where they, with their exercise and they obviously identify if somebody can't walk as quick as the others, they just slow down for them. And it's this really nice group that we work alongside. So I guess that's just a couple of the examples that we do in the community. And I'm not sure if Brad's already mentioned the talks that they do at the Men's Shed he's obviously heavily involved in the men's health area. So he'll also go to some prostate support groups and do some talks. So any area of interest that we can experience and that we can be involved in the community, we will. Love it. They are absolutely amazing examples and things that actually really do make a a huge difference in the community because I think a lot of businesses, not pharmacies necessarily, but a lot of businesses just in the communities just are quite happy just to throw some money to an organisation, put our logo on a shirt and, and that's it. But you guys are actually out there helping participate and helping deliver some of those those things in those groups. So that sounds amazing. Now, Brooke, winning an award, it's always great validation of the fantastic work that you and the team have undertaken. Sometimes it can feel a little bit like it's a pausing moment. It's been such a build-up. There's the applications. Will we win? Won't we win? You have to talk on camera. You have to go to APP. So sometimes it can feel like you've got to take a little bit of a pausing moment, take a breath, so to speak. But Clearly, the business and the patients, they go on, the community goes on. What does Coolum and Court Pharmacy have planned for the foreseeable future? Other than the fact that celebrating, <laughs> celebrating with the team and the community, that's definitely going to be up there at the moment. But as time, as you mentioned, time does go on and the patients are always going to be there as well as the business. So we've definitely been brainstorming, you know, what is next for us. And there's definitely a room for improvement within our continence care. We've recently partnered up with the Continence Foundation of Australia and all have done some training. So now we're really trying to put our focus 
into that and make the community aware that we are somewhere that they can go and have those discussions with patients. One of the other areas that we would like to see Coolman Court Pharmacy expand in is actually with the opioid replacement therapy program that we have here. One of our pharmacists, Chloe, is very passionate and has always gone above and beyond. And we're looking to implement some further services for them. And that goes, you know, beyond just giving them their dose. Um, they're, they're the best patients that we have, some of them. And we, we love every minute that we spend with them, trying to make sure that, you know, all of those other things that sometimes can be neglected, such as their general health, some of them will see these doctors, they're prescribing doctors for their opioid scripts, but everything else is neglected sometimes. Yes, they have to have an ECG every now and then, but their dental health, you know, how many of them actually have their dental health? Viewed? So this, is, this isn't somewhere where we're trying to grow and obviously improve for our patients. Well, Brooke, I know you are busy. You've been away for the best part of a week at APP on the Gold Coast with Brad and a few other of the team members, which we got to see on stage. You're coming back after being away is always a busy time, let alone in a community pharmacy. So we really appreciate you taking some time out of your busy day to share with us. Thank you. It's been great. Congratulations once again to Brad Brooke and the entire team at Coolum Court Pharmacy for their awards, both in the Excellence in Professional Innovation category, but also the overall Guild Pharmacy of the Year. It is certainly well-deserved because it is clear that the pharmacy has undertaken significant transformation, but with the healthcare of their patients and their community at the centre of their vision. And so I hope this chat today inspires you for what you can achieve in your pharmacy career. I've been your host, Daniel Oyston, and you've been listening to episode 94 of the PBCN Podcast. The PBCN Podcast, supporting your journey every step of the way. For more resources, to access support or advice, or to view this episode's show notes, visit guild.org.au.